Hey guys, welcome to Calvary HSM. We are a place where we want to make disciples who live and love like Jesus. So we hope you enjoy this podcast. Um, how's everyone doing tonight? You guys doing well? Uh, it's good to be with you all. Uh, if I haven't met you before, my name is Drew Walton. I'm the associate director here at HSM and I love our church. Now, uh, tonight you can see the stage is a little different than normal, uh, and that's because this evening is going to be a little different than normal. I think by this point, most people in the room, if you've been around our community, uh, have heard uh, about an upcoming transition going on. And actually, there are two things that we want to really celebrate tonight, and both of them uh, exist in the life of our worship uh, leader for the last seven and a half years, Jacob Wood. So like I said, two major life events coming up for him, and we want to acknowledge and celebrate both of them. Uh, The first is that come September, Jacob Wood is getting married.
reasons why I was upset for no reason for that entire like week to two week period. And then I all of a sudden had to work through, oh my goodness, if my sister's marriage can fail, who's to say mine can't fail? And that just gave me so much fear, like kind of the cold feet thing, all that stuff. And she just remained constant, she remained steady. I was not good in that time. I was just doubting a bunch, again, for no actual reason. And I just had to realize on my own merit, obviously with the help of her a little bit too, I just had to realize one day, I mean, revelations from the Lord, praise God. And so he just simply helped me realize one day, you would prefer, you would prefer to spend the rest of your life with her than to go one day without her. Mm. And I just realized that. I had never felt that way about anyone I had dated before. A lot of people I dated, it was like, a break would be nice right now, you know. <laughs> and with her, I realized, you know what, like, a break for like a few hours can sound nice sometimes, right? That's any relationship, but I did not want to lose her from my life. And I refused to lose her from my life. Therefore, I proposed hoping she would say yes. That's great. And she did. Praise, Praise God. God. Praise, Praise God. God. She, she almost, almost did it. That was also part of it. Well, I'm glad she did it in the end. Um, okay, okay, so, so for, for the person sitting in the room right now, who, for, for them, they, they want to be married someday, but maybe it feels like a long road ahead, and they're like, I'm trying to figure myself out, figure this all out. Like, what advice or encouragement would you give to somebody um, who's looking at, like, okay, like, maybe they're dating someone, maybe they're single, they're going to be dating in the future, maybe thinking through who they want to marry, all of that. Just, like, any advice that you would give from your experience to someone in that spot? I would say don't idolize marriage so much that you rush it. It is a really big decision. It's a really, really, really big decision. I don't think I could have chosen who I was getting married to at 27, 26, 25, 24, 23. There wasn't a reason that I got married that early. For some of you men in the room, you'll know at 23 and you'll know with the Lord um, but I know for the, a lot of us men, we actually need a little bit more time to actually be able to make that decision. The Lord can bring you someone and you can like commit to them and feel like you're really into them and you think they're awesome and they could think likewise, but that doesn't even mean marriage is for you. It just doesn't. And so you do really need to have that proximity with Jesus to actually know. If you're making the decision, I'm going to marry this person, but you have not been regularly in the word of God for like the days surrounding that decision, I would argue that that decision might not actually be of God. Um, so that's just something to be weary of. Here's the good news. You can marry someone who uh, it wasn't even necessarily in the Lord's will, and you can remain married to them forever. The second you say, I do, it is now the Lord's will. Believe that or not. The second you say, I do, it is now the Lord's will. You are, you've now been married in holy matrimony. Um, but yeah, I would prefer to be in the Lord's will before I say, I do. I just think it makes the process a little bit easier. Falling in love, having a relationship with someone, it is so hard, especially when the two of you can be really hard-headed, which I know most of you in this room can be. Like when I go out to eat with her. Called and, out. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, <laughs> we all can. I'm saying you guys are no yeah. different than me. Yeah. Um, or Sierra, we all have our moments. Um, but sometimes I'll even go out to eat with C and then she'll like order, she'll order, she's ordered a burger at a fish house with me before. And in my heart and mind, I'm like, no, <laughs> get the fish. She get the fish. You're not enjoying <laughs> our time to the fullest. I know better than you get the darn fish, but she gets to be her own person. 
I'm allowed to be like a little frustrated, but at the same time, she's allowed to get the burger. She knows most of the time she should get the fish, yeah. (laughs) But at the same time, you know, I'm also allowed to feel a little bit of frustration, even discontentment by it. But real love says that discontentment means nothing right now. This is the person I love, and that far surpasses anything I even feel in this moment. That's great. That was a good example. Uh, okay, spill some deets on the wedding. When are you getting married? We've already said it. When are you getting married? Do you have a cool venue, honeymoon spot picked out yet? Where will you live afterwards? Yeah, so September 30th is our wedding. It is actually the three-year anniversary of our first date. Love that. Three-year anniversary Aww. of our first date. It's in Sedona, Arizona. The reason is this. Uh, Sierra's grandfather and grandmother got married in the early 60s illegal, illegally because her grandfather was black and her grandmother was white. Um, interracial marriage was literally illegal when they got married. They did the most, uh, they did the most like low-key thing you could do when you're illegally married and they had 14 kids. <laughs> 14 mixed babies, yeah. And so her mom, Ariel, um, and uh, uh, has 13 siblings. Ariel is one of 14. I made this joke earlier. I'd love this joke, but I love to tell Ariel that she was the first black Ariel. She was the first one. No one beat her to the punch. She showed Disney what to do, yeah. Um, but um, 14, and then they all had babies. We can't afford to feed all those people. I also have 18, 19 cousins on one side, and then I have like another nine on the other side. We can't afford to feed those people. So we decided to run away to Sedona and have like, 40 people tops in our wedding and just keep it smaller because we can afford that many. Yeah. And it'll be beautiful. Yeah. So keep an eye out for the pictures later. Um, and honeymoon spot picked out? Um, the honeymoon spot, uh, spot is actually starting at her great aunt's house, which cool. we get to use for the wedding. It's in Sedona. So we're getting married at this other location down the street. Then we get a honeymoon at this house in Sedona, the whole spot to ourselves. Beautiful spot, a pool, everything. We decided for our one-year anniversary we're going to save up after a wedding and go on like a big trip. But for this, we're just staying in, laying out by the pool, having a lot of fun, and maybe seeing some of the sights of of Sedona. Nice. That sounds amazing. Uh, And then uh, how can we continue to pray for the two of you as you prepare for marriage? Pray for our new journey. Pray we don't get pregnant right away. That's a good one. It happens. I've got a few friends. That's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we holy about, and pleasing to the Lord it's holy and pleasing yeah. to the Lord get behind me Satan all yeah. of you <laughs> this is my wedding um, no no so uh, yeah there's a, but there is a lot to pray for it is a whole new journey yeah. golly all the giggles man <laughs> there's a live room giggles. tonight love it <laughs> forget I said anything yeah. sex isn't Don't real um, it's real <laughs> Sean, why are you so red right now? Oh, that's <laughs> your sunburn. Sunburn. That's your sunburn. That's your sunburn. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so abs- no, abs- on the very real note, please pray. It's a new, it's just a whole new thing. We're not far. We're just 30 minutes north of here, but it will feel like we're losing some of our friends and some of our community. It will feel that way. And so just pray for us as we're formulating new community and even just not seeing our regular people as much. That, you know, that's something that we can overcome and get through really, really well. And uh, even just, it really just to, you know, uh, I'll put it this way. 
uprooting, I said this in YA when we did this, mm. uprooting your roots, like taking a tree, uprooting those roots and planting them in a new spot, that's what we are doing. That is a really hard thing. This sounds gruesome, it's, it's, it sounds depressing, but it is true, some trees can't survive uprooting. Mm. Pray that Sierra and I can survive it with flying colors, that it's a really easy transition for us. That's good. Yes and amen. Um, okay, so if we could switch gears for a second, I want to talk about your life and your journey as a worship leader. Um, when did you sense that God was calling you, um, moving you towards, um, that he had purposed for you to be someone who leads people in worship? How did that start for you? I was about 18 or 19 years old. I didn't get good enough grades in high school to go off to school, so I went to my local community college. All my friends were really smart and went off to school. And so my first semester of community college, I was like friendless. And so I made the sweetest friend I've ever made in my life, and that was just Jesus. I just formulated and developed this incredibly intimate and lovely relationship with Jesus where I would dive into scripture. I was in the word of God like at least, I kid you not, at least three hours a day for like that whole first semester because there wasn't that much else for me to do. Games on your phone hardly existed yet, so I just didn't have as much distraction. It was great. Um, and uh, so I started to hear the voice of God because I was in his word so much. I was, I was getting accustomed to the voice of the shepherd. Um, his sheep know his call. They know his voice. And I started to develop that. At first, I started to hear him through scripture and things he had already said. And then I started to hear new revelation based off of my future and what I was to do next. And that was exciting for me. But if you're seeking to, um, side note, if you're seeking to hear from God where to go to college, where to start your job, where to whatever, but you don't hear from him in the words he's already preached to you in scripture, the words he's already given you in scripture, you probably won't get to make that big jump to here's my revelation for what I do next. Um, that was my process is I got to like get there. And it took time. And so eventually I was actually hearing the voice of God. I wasn't even aiming to. Um, I was just aiming to enjoy his company. And sure enough, I got to know him and started hearing him call me out. And he called me into worship ministry. And I remember I totally rejected it at first. Um, you would think someone who's really new to hearing the voice of God wouldn't be quick to reject and deny the voice of God, but there I was, I guess, and um, he told me to test him, and so I started to ask him, okay, when will it happen? And he told me, he spoke to me again and said nine months, and sure enough, nine months from that date, I had my first worship leading job, and I never looked for one. I never looked for one. So multiple church, churches started hitting me up in that time and asking me to like work for them. And I was like, whoa, God, what in the world? And God told me no. So three different churches reached out to me. I could still tell you the name to all three of these churches. And God told me, say no to them. Say no to them. Say no to them. And I was like, God, nine months is coming. Like, why am I saying no to all these spots? And then this small little Presbyterian church on the West End, it's this beautiful, beautiful building. Um, but it's a little Presbyterian spot with a lot of old people. And they called me. And I remember thinking, okay, God, if, this, if you told me no to this church, why would I say yes to this Presbyterian church? And God goes, say yes to them. And so I obeyed and I said yes to them. Nine months on the spot was my job and I started it. That same church is the church we poached Aaron Kajumba from. Praise God. That church raises up leaders. Interesting. We're yeah, grateful. We, we got to send them a gift basket. Yeah, for real. Amen. I agree. 
Um, okay, so that's the start of your journey as a worship leader. When and how did you come to be with us here at Calvary? So while I was leading at Community Presbyterian Church in Ventura, I was a part of this little traveling team, and we would play like pubs, local pubs. We would go play other churches at times. We would play everywhere for like side money. And it was great. It was, it was an awesome hustle, and it was a ton of fun. And there was this one pub that we would play at every single Mother's Day called... Garmin's in Santa Paula. And so it's Mother's Day. We have a three set, we have a three hour set in the front, a small break, and then another three hour set in the back. And that we were, we, that's what we did the entire night, every, every single Mother's Day. Um, and uh, three people from Calvary that day came because one of them was interested in my drummer. My drummer was like interested? Like interested, nice. like romantically. My drummer's name was Kevin Van Auerkirk. Her name was Sarah Sosa. Her last name is now Van Auerkirk. Let's go. It worked out very well for her. Um, but at the same time, there was the family ministries pastor was there and he came and found me afterward. We became friends over the next quite a few months and he eventually asked me if I wanted a job at Calvary. And what, what do you remember most about your early days at Calvary? First start now. I remember some blonde tips. Some of, the, some of this guy. Yeah. These guys were 2017, I think. And so that was early. I started day one of 2016. And day one of 2016, I remember being really invested in our non-existent young adult ministry. Um, I remember learning a lot from Pastor Brian Howard, who was the Aaron Kajumba at the time. It was Brian, Drew, and myself, and then like JD. And we were just holding down the fort for those uh, uh, multiple years at the front there. And it was a blast. We became roommates in 2017. I just remember all of that. A lot of really, really good memories. I started going to Uganda with our Uganda trip like every single year. Um, but I remember a lot of high school and a lot of young adult ministry stuff for sure. A lot of incredible memories, yeah. I love that. Uh, what about um, in your time here, the last seven and a half years, what um, skills or what traits have you had to learn or develop yeah. or has God given you um, that you didn't have at the outset uh, to help you be a person who leads people into yeah. worship? So just how to be more professional. And that goes a really, really, really long way, even in church. Um, the church I came from, um, I was just a young guy on staff. I started there at 19. Okay, we got to remember, I started there at 19. I would wake up late in the morning. I'd go surfing in the afternoon, and then I'd go into work, like, after everyone else had gone home. And no one told me that that wasn't good. Um, in fact, I don't think anyone really cared because I just got my job done. I'm sure some people cared, let's be real. Um, but no one expressed that to me. And I remember there were some nights where I was there till like, 1 or, like, 1.30 in the morning just finalizing some emails, things like that. And it's just so comical to think about that because you're in the office alone, like in the dark. You know, it's like you're the one who has to put in the code at the end of the day, like set the alarm and then leave. It's like... Like the phantom of the opera. Yeah, it was like I was like the, the phantom of the opera of this church. And I just had no professional coof at all. <laughs> I came to Calvary and it was like nine to five and it was like, oh, I have a lot to learn. And uh, it was really, really good for me. In fact, the job I'm going to, I would not, there's actually a lot of freedom in my schedule, but because I can bring more of a professionalism or at least I can, I can muster up that professionalism thanks to Calvary, administrative skills, like all those things, I had none of it. Um, um, I can take a lot of that to my new job, and I'm just really grateful for that. Like, even if I low-key didn't get any better at guitar or singing, which I did hear, um, uh, those, the other things that I'm talking about, the administrative and professionalism, I was, I was, you know, my 2K rating on those would have been like 50. 
It would have been bad. It would have been really bad. No gamers in here. What? Oh, wow. No this basketball? A hush fell over the crowd. What? Maybe they just, it was just like a quiet knowing. They're like, yeah, he yeah. gets it. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, cool, calm, and collected. Um, what about um, from your years here, what's been your favorite HSM program that we do? So whether that's like Live in Love or Friday Night Lights or small groups or whatever. Like what's been the one that you've just taken the most joy from being a part of? Uh, I love Live in Love, but no, not that one. I would say like pass. Pass on live. No, I love live and love. Yeah. Um, I also love F and L's, but definitely not that one. Um, it's a little late. No, no, yeah, yeah. Um, so someone said when I said I'm leaving, they said you can come back to F and L's though, right? And I was like, it was a student. Oh my gosh, if you're here, I'm so sorry. And in my mind, I was like, no shot. I was like, that is a tough event. Um, I love it's fun. it. It's worth it's it. It's so much it fun. But for leaders, like if you're a student, come trash the place. It's a blast. <laughs> Don't trash the a, place. If you're a leader, you have to clean up what you guys all trashed. It's hard. <laughs> um, but no, the things that are have just been so such a value to me um, is Zach Thiessen in here. Zach Thiessen's in here somewhere. Hey, so he was in my small group for all four years. Nice. Tony Clark, who came this morning, he was my co-leader. Um, and we just made it all four years with this awesome group of young guys. And I would say if you're not in a small group, go get in a small group. It's the best thing you'll do. If you're a leader and you're not leading a small group, go lead a small group. It's the best thing you'll ever do. Summer camps, absolutely, you know, Worth every single penny. Yeah. Worth every penny. If you don't even have pennies to give to that, Calvary has help for you. That's yeah. one of like the most lucrative like money things that we have here at Calvary. It is our Send Kids to Camp High School Fund, believe it or not. So utilize it. And then obviously I mentioned, I, done, I think I did Uganda three or four years. I did Ensenada two or three years. And uh, then I did DR this year, which was woo, amazing. Um, missions trips. If you find yourself raising the money and, and able to do summer camps, small group, and a mission strip all in the same year, you will have friends that you get to take with you forever. You will have revelation with the Lord that will change your life forever. Um, I cannot tell you, our success stories, like our kids who are success stories, they lean in for those things. If you go to FNL, if you go to FNL and summer nights and uh, after parties, but you never go to camp, you never go to, you know what I'm saying? It's like, if you just do those things, trust me, you will not get as much out of high school ministry. You just will not get as much out of high school ministry, and you will be missing out. Yes, those events are like free-ish for the most part. I think they're almost all free except for like one of them. Yeah, it's cheaper. But, like, if you value something, you'll put your money there. And if you value relationship with Jesus, if you value friendship, if you value community, then go to summer camp, go on a mission trip, and join a freaking small group. You'll be so glad you did. I absolutely promise. Amen. He speaks the truth. Um, what about uh, in your time leading worship here? Um, how has your understanding of what it actually means to worship, how has that grown? How has that expanded? What, what has God taught you? Um, yeah. How do you understand worship differently now than the day you started here? Yeah, that's an easy one for me. I could give you quite a few answers, but I'm going to stick to one really easy one I think is going to be beneficial to the people in the room, hopefully. Um, worship is an, it, it's just not about what you get. It's simply about what you give. 
Um, worship is a sacrifice, and it's an act of obedience. Um, so, like, for example, like, your time, your talent, your treasures. If you're giving all three of those things, like, you're living, a, if you're giving all three of those things to Jesus, even if it's not 100% of your money, 100% of your time, 100% of your talent, um, you are living a life, for the most part, really devoted to Jesus. You are obeying. Worship is the same. That is a talent. That is an obedience. Um, and so if you are giving to the Lord your obedience and you are singing, trust me, it is powerful and it is life-changing. I used to think that my, I used to think when I would lead a song and lead worship, if I didn't like have a moment, or I, I said this in the 11, if you're like spiritual antenna, don't tingle and don't like have a connection to God, that it was a failed worship set, right? That's not true. That's just not true. Um, the Lord asks you to sing, and as long as you're obeying, he is happy. Um, you, don't, you can turn your brain off when you worship, and it's still obedient. Um, but I highly recommend if you're able to turn your brain on and sing and connect to the words and actually like really hone in on what you're saying and what you're doing, it can be that much more meaningful. But just know you are, I believe, I genuinely believe that you are pleasing the Lord as long as you're opening up your mouth and singing. And watch that turn into revelation. Watch that turn into fruit. Watch that turn into more intimate worship. But just start there. Just start there. It is enough. And the Lord is really happy and glad with that. That's so good. Um, okay, tell us about your new role. Where is this church? What is it called? What will you be doing? Encounter. In. It's called Encounter in Ventura. It's an awesome spot. It's a really, it's a church where the people who've been there have been really faithful for like a long time. Um, the church has been there for, I believe, 35 to 40 years. So it's similar to a Calvary. It's just not nearly as big. I think it's about 800 to 1,000 on a weekend. Two services Sunday mornings. And so, um, you know, party at mine and uh, Sierra's house after Sunday morning services. We'll do lunch. You guys can all come back up here and do the five. All but of us. All of us. It'll be a blast. <laughs> um, but um, the spot, it's just amazing. The people are so faithful. They're so kind. Like, you can't, you can't lead. I, let, I got to lead worship as a trial part of my interviewing process. I led worship, and the whole place was just so sweet. They were so uplifting. I felt so filled up by both getting to worship with them, but then also just by the encouragement after. Um, the people crave worshiping. They just love to worship. Um, I was supposed to do a special after the sermon. I started singing a special, and I did not pick a key for everyone to sing because it was a special. I picked a key for me to sing. And everyone stood up and did their best to sing it. Um, they did the most uh, beautiful, one of the things that was really affirming for Sierra and I too when we were there is they just did, they like halted Father's Day and just paused everything to do the most beautiful, the most, they had the most beautiful honoring like moment for Juneteenth. Mm. And that was just a beautiful thing for us. A lot of churches can sometimes skip over things like that when those holidays are absolutely crucial and important for our history. And so just things like that, they're really aware, and the pastor actually is a great guy, and he reminds me like a really refined version of a pastor here who I just love so much, and Brian Williams, and yeah. so things like that, I just felt like were nods from the Lord, saying you can have a comfort here, yeah. and then the other big thing is just getting to take a step up, even in something like my responsibility, yeah. like my pay and income, things like that are going to be really good for me as we start a family, mm -hmm. and we embark on that journey, it's just a huge blessing everywhere, all across the board, 
and we're very blessed by the yeah, opportunity. I love that. What about, what would you say, like, in your role, what are you most excited about, and then what's, like, the biggest unknown? Man, excited about, I'm excited to get to know the community and the congregation there. Again, it's everyone from, like, old to young to, like, you know, brown to white, everything in between. And it's just such a beautiful congregation. And I love that they have everyone accounted for. Um, it's, that's just something that's always, you know, had a really tender heart in, in both mine and Sierra's hearts. And um, I'm really excited to do that. I'm trying to hone in my Spanish a little bit. DR was a really good start. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, things like that I'm just so pumped for. But I would also say that um, one of my tasks is to cast vision and even try to create a little bit of a unity in some of the churches in that town. So in Ventura, there's a lot of competition in between the churches because they're all kind of the same size and they're all, there's just a lot of them. A lot of churches that are all the same size and one of the things I'm going to try to do is just kind of be a little bit of just like a friendly face and someone who brings people together, starting with everyone's worship leaders. Um, and so we're going to do like little projects together with, I'm going to do projects with a lot of the worship leaders in the area we're gonna like record you know kind of like little like uh just little like acoustic versions of songs together i'll track them i'll record them i'll do all that stuff and then all the churches can post them and just have that uniformity cool. and unity is just going to be something that i think could go a really long way in a place that could use something like that in ventura and so i'm just pumped for it. it's not going to be something i or encounter owns it's something that the city will own and i'm excited for that that's amazing. Um, and then as a kind of a final question, uh, a landing pad, if you will. So next Sunday, you'll be starting a new adventure. Yeah. Uh, and you'll not be here, um, which is sad, but we're excited for you. Um, but we will be. Um, and so I guess my question would be, like, what is your hope um, for what continues to happen in this community, in this room, after you're gone? Like, well, how do you want to see, uh, how would you hope to see worship continue to develop as a culture? What would you want to see even out of that context here at HSM? Like, what's your hope, what's your blessing for this community as you wrap up your time? That's a really good question. So in seven and a half years of doing this, being a part of this ministry and seeing a bunch of, like, you guys, right? Like, there's a lot of yous. You know, um, every one of you is special, unique, and just absolutely beautiful and absolutely amazing. Um, but I've seen a lot of kids like you. Mm. I could even put, I could probably give you a name of a student who you even remind me of, mm. who I've seen come through this ministry before. And that's a beautiful thing. I know there's a bunch of like my face up here, but <laughs> I could give you an even bigger collage of just students who've gone through this ministry who are just nailing it for Jesus yeah. all over the world. My encouragement would be understand that this ministry is a factory and a breeding ground for powerful students who love Jesus and serve him. I would say be like those kids I could put in a big old collage for you right now. It's like literally dozens if not hundreds. Be one of those kids. Choose that. Don't just choose to be a kid who's like, I'm not committed. I just come because the girls are cute. Don't be that kid. Be the kid who makes the collage mm. because I can tell you, I've seen so many youth groups. The church I'm going to, for example, it's nothing like this as far as high schoolers go. Mm. It's nothing like this. You have something so special here that a lot of high schoolers wish they could have. In fact, I wish my high school youth group looked like this. I wish I was a part of high school ministry all four years. I was that committed kid even though our high school ministry was lame. Mm. I was committed, but it was so lame. 
you guys have it so easy. You have it so easy, but you, because there's so many of you, you can choose to not be a collage kid. You can just choose to be someone who took advantage of, you know, the events and had fun, but didn't actually commit to anything. And so my encouragement would be, join the kids that have gone before you. We have kids who've gone through this ministry who are in the NFL and like doing incredible things for Jesus. Like we do, we could give you names. We've seen them, right? We have kids doing awesome things. Be one of them. Be one of them. I don't want to look back and say, or look forward and say, oh, you know, this person is doing awesome things, but he's so far from Jesus. That literally doesn't matter to us. We don't care. You're benefiting society to like a degree, but are you benefiting the kingdom? What is actually more valuable? What is worth it? And what has eternal value to you? You have to figure that out now, or you should figure that out now. You have the rest of your life to figure that out. Let's be real. The Lord is patient with you, but if you figure that out right now, you have done a good job here. Amen. Um, well, I want to do a couple things right now. First, uh, the rest of the band, I want to invite you guys to come and join us on the stage and um, take your positions. Um, and, but not you yet. We'll let you go back in a sec. Um, but I would love for us to close this time in prayer. Um, I want us to pray for you in a second. But before we do that, um, would you be willing to pray for us? Um, as you leave here, as you depart, would you would be willing to. to, as scriptures say, to leave your blessing on this place? Um, because you've shepherded so well. You've stewarded so well. Um, you're so respected, so honored here. I hope you feel that. Um, I would love it if you would pray for us as you leave. I would love to. Father in heaven, I thank you for this blessed and anointed ministry. God, I thank you for HSM here at Calvary Community Church. God, I thank you for HSM at Calvary Community Church and how they've blessed me. God, I... God, I just, I unleash by the power of Jesus in me the most beautiful blessing on this place. Father, you love this ministry. You love these people. God, you look at this ministry with gladness. Even the grody parts of it, Jesus, you look at it with gladness because you call it a success. You call it a beautiful thing for your kingdom. And God, we know that you recognize us. God, we know that you see us. God, we know that you smile upon us and that you shine your face on this ministry. Father, I know that uh, um, me leaving uh, can feel like, uh, oh, we want everyone to be a part of the party. We want everyone to be here every single week. Um, but God, we all know that only you matter for that party. God, we know that only you matter for life change. So Jesus, we surrender that to you, God. God, we acknowledge, Jesus, that we want to be a people who if nobody showed up except for me and you, that this ministry would be worth it. God, we want to acknowledge, Jesus, that you have chosen us, that you love us, that you value us. God, that you see our sin as far as the east is from the west. God, you do not hold it against us. You do not see us as dirty or filthy, God. You see us as purified. You see us as your adopted children. You see us with the pride of a father. God, the lens in which you view us is clean. It is beautiful. 
we thank you for that, God. We love you. God, I love this ministry, Jesus. Would it be noted? Would it be said? I love this ministry, God. I thank you for bringing me here for the time that you did. God, I pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Calvary HSM podcast. We would love if you could connect with us on social media using the handle at CalvaryHSM805 on Instagram or going to our website, calvarywestlake.org slash HSM. We always have fun things going on and we want you to be a part.